You're listening to a sermon originally recorded by Schweitzer United Methodist Church in Springfield, Missouri. Check us out online at sumc.co. And if this sermon blessed you, be sure to share it with someone else. Thank you so much for listening. Now, on to the message. Good morning. It's great to see you today. Beautiful day. Everybody get their sleep. If you didn't get your sleep, did you get your coffee? Hope you got one of or both. I have a question for you. Do you have a soundtrack for your life? A couple years ago, I heard Leonard Sweet, who's a pastor, theologian, writer, and he said, you know, most of us have a soundtrack for our life. Songs that really reflect us or songs that get inside of us. Songs that, that uh, just sort of pop out of us. Do you have a song track for your life? One of the songs I find myself singing, I just realized this song is like almost 20 years old. Um, it's kind of hard when that, that reality pops up on you. Like there's a song that you think, wow, it's 20 years. Um, this song, It's a Great Day to Be Alive by Travis Tritt is a song that I would say is part of the soundtrack of my life. There are moments and times where I just sort of start humming it or I'll start uh, singing it or I may even start singing it, but I'm not going to this morning. But there's, there's just these moments where it's like, it's a great day to be alive. There are things that pop up in my life and it just dawns on me like, wow, what in the world is going on here? I don't know why um, one of the places that that has started for me to take place, but it has is the is the cereal aisle in the grocery store. But there are some unique things in that aisle that are just like, what a beautiful world we live in, right? Like a couple weeks ago, Anna was away with our son Asa, and, and the girls and I, we were in the grocery store. Terrible op idea to send me and the girls to the grocery store because you just never know what we're going to come home with. But here are these Oreo O's, which Taylor Like says it's his favorite cereal in all the world. And I'm looking at that, and I'm going, this is a beautiful thing. The world, so I took a picture of it, I sent it to Anna, I said, I'm filling the pantry with these things. We don't need anything else. Oh my goodness. And then, I love cinnamon. I just love, like I'll put cinnamon in all kinds of stuff. So one day, Cheerios, Oat Crunch, cinnamon. I'm like, bringing them home. Love it, it's a great day to be alive. Um, Last week, we didn't have church because we thought it was gonna snow. Uh, <laughs> it's a beautiful world, you know, it's just a beautiful world. And so I went, I, I went for a walk and uh, around, our, around our place, went for a walk and I, I captured this picture from the back of uh, kind of looking east. And just a somber, like it's always still, always quiet. There's been lots of been lots of laughter take place in the backyard there. Lots of joy. And I'm just like, oh, it's a great day to be alive. It's a great, it's a great world we live in. Really, I don't know how you get more blessed than, than this. And then yesterday I was reading a, reading a Twitter feed and I came across a commentary uh, just a piece of information that Partners Worldwide put out, kind of in their annual report. They said 20 years ago, most of, or 30% of the world lived in extreme poverty. And this year, 9% of the world lives in extreme poverty. 
because of the efforts of people like Partners Worldwide and a whole bunch of other people that have been, been taking notice of people and issues of poverty, the poverty rate, extreme poverty rate, has dropped 21%. And I'm like, it's a great day to be alive. We live in a fantastic world at a fantastic time, at a fantastic place. And sometimes we forget it, right? And so we need to be reminded of it. So next time you're in the grocery aisle and you see something that really, take a picture. Remind yourself, it's a great day to be alive. When we've been journeying through this gospel story of Luke, the story that Luke is telling about Jesus, I just can't help but think that Luke is also trying to tell us that reality that we live in and the people that he's writing to live in, one of the best times that you could have ever lived in. Because God is doing something new that, that people before the time of Jesus long to see and long to be a part of, and they, they just didn't see it. But Luke is... is pointing out, and we'll hear it at the end of, his, uh, of the reading today, he says, the prophets of old, the people who walked with God, they longed to see what God would do in these days, because the Father and the Son and the Spirit are active and present in the world like never before, and what is coming out of it is just a ripple of God's goodness and his blessing, and it is a marvelous time to be alive. And so everything about the sense of this story of the Gospel of Luke is good news. I mean, the Gospel means good news. It's good news because God is on the move and he's doing new things. He's including people that have never been included or at least, I mean, he's, he's showing the reality that everybody can be included in what Jesus is up to and what the kingdom of heaven is like. And so Luke is just filled with this sense of awe and wonder. And I've got a story that is awesome to tell. And so one of the things that we've been doing is we've been paying attention to the story. We've been reading the story. And if, if you've got your Bibles with you or if you'd like to read on the screen, we're going we're gonna to pick up in Luke chapter 10. And we're going to hear about this good news and this joy that is just filling this story that Luke is telling about Jesus and what the, what the Spirit is up to and what the Father is up to. And so we start at Luke chapter 10, verse 1. And this is when Jesus sends out some disciples. The Lord, Luke says, now chose 72 other disciples. This may be beyond the 12 that we've already been introduced to. This may be beyond those 12, but he chose 72 other disciples, and he sent them ahead in pairs to all the towns and places that he planned to visit. These were his instructions to them. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray, he said, to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest, ask him to send more workers into his fields. Now go and remember that I'm sending you out as lambs among wolves. Don't take any money with you, not a traveler's bag, nor an extra pair of sandals, and don't stop to greet anyone on the road. Whenever you enter someone's home, first say, may God's peace be on this house. If all those who live there are peaceful, the blessing will stand. If they are not, the blessing will return to you. Don't move around from home to home. Stay in one place, eating and drinking what they provide. Don't hesitate to accept hospitality because those who work deserve their pay. If you enter a town and it welcomes you, eat whatever is set before you. Jesus mentions that twice. If you've ever traveled this world in, in the broadest sense of the world, 
they could set some funky things in front of you. I'm just saying. Heal the sick and tell them the kingdom of heaven is near you now. But if a town refuses to welcome you, go out into its streets and say, we wipe even the dust of your town from our feet to show that we have abandoned you to your face. And know this, the kingdom of God is near. I assure you, even wicked Sodom will be better off than such a town on Judgment Day. What sorrow awaits you, Chorazin and Bethsaida? For if the miracles I did in you would have been done in wicked Tyre and Sidon, their people would have repented of their sins long ago, clothing themselves in burlap and throwing ashes on their heads to show their remorse. Yes, Tyre and Sidon will be better off on Judgment Day than you. And you, people of Capernaum, will you be honored in heaven? No, you will go down to the place of the dead. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Anyone who accepts your message is also accepting me. And anyone who rejects you is rejecting me. And anyone who rejects me is rejecting God who sent me. Some of that reading may not sound like it's a great day to be alive, but it really is. Jesus comes into this world, sent by the Father, full of the Holy Spirit, and he begins to do the work of the kingdom of, of heaven, which is he begins to gather people who think they've been lost from God, and he begins to gather them around him and say, you know what, God blesses you. Sometimes you look at your life and you think it's cursed, but it isn't. God blesses you. And people have been responding to, to that. Jesus has also been encountering people who are sick and need, in need of healing, and Jesus begins to heal them. And the healing presence of God begins to, to shape their life and begins to take place in their life begins to take, take place who they are. And Jesus knows this one reality. The reality is, is that what he is up to is something of God's blessing and God's work that is present in his life, and it's spreading from him to the 12 and then to the 72. And yet Jesus desires, and the Father desires, the Spirit desires that his blessing for the world would touch everyone, that everyone might know the goodness of God's kingdom and God's presence in their life. And so Jesus, Luke tells us, he pulls the 72, more than the 12. He pulls the 72 around him, people that have been touched by him, people that have been influenced by him, people that have come alive because God, they find God present in Jesus, and they find God stirring up in their own lives. In their own lives. So Jesus pulls these 72 around him, and he says, the stuff that's been happening in your life, God wants it to be in the lives of other people too. God cares about other people, and so I'm going to do something that may push you to the edges, may push your boundaries. I'm going to send you out, and you're going to be ambassadors for me. You're going to go on behalf of the kingdom of heaven, and you're going to prepare the way, almost like you're John the Baptist. You're going to go, and you're going to prepare the way, because I'm going to go on a tour from city to city to city, or village to village to village, however you may think of towns or, or, or sizes of things. I'm going to go to all of these places, and I'm going to bring the kingdom of heaven near. That's what Jesus was sent to do, right? Bring the kingdom of heaven near. I'm going to bring it near, but you're going to go, and you're going to prepare those places for me. And I want you to go in a certain way. Now, one of the realities that I think we just need to keep in front of us is that this sense of sending, the sense of ministry that Jesus has with him is something that has always been been shared with the rest of us who are followers of Jesus. When you come and you become a follower of Christ, there is a, um, an inclusion that Jesus has for you and for me 
to be not just recipients of the kingdom of heaven, but then to be people who go and share it with other people who are in our midst. And so when Jesus talks about how we should go, the how we should go that he shares with those who are, uh, who are with him in that moment, that how is also a how for us to take notice of. There is a way in which we should go. And so Jesus just marks some things out for us. How is it that we ought to be shares of the kingdom of heaven? Here are some things that he talks about. We ought to go two by two. We ought to have a teammate. We ought to have somebody who's along the road with us. We always need somebody who's got our back. I love the fact that Pastor Jim earlier tried to hand a microphone off to you. He at least, he thought you were going to have his back. You were going to be the partner in that next step. No, sorry. No, um, but we all need a partner. We all need somebody who's with us, who's got our back. Um, one of the, you need, I told Pastor Bob when we started thinking about who we're going to, who is going to preach what text this week? I said, I love the fact that I get to preach this text because one of the things that's marked the marriage that Anna and I have is this text. We had this text, or part of this text, read at our wedding because we had this real sense, this real burden upon our life that we were people who were meant to carry the, the message of the kingdom of heaven into the world. We had no idea where it would take us, but we just knew that the message had shaped us, it had formed us. We were being formed and shaped by Christ, and we were to be carriers of it. Two by two, that's how we were going to go. That's how Jesus sends people. He says, pray. Not only should you go two by two, but you ought to pray. Sometimes we think, ah, oh, the world needs to know the goodness of, of Jesus. But Jesus says the first thing before you, once you get a teammate, pray together. Because at the end of the day, and at the, at the beginning of the day, and at the end of the day, the real work that is in front of you isn't your work, but it's God's work. The real heart, the real big burden that is carried here isn't your burden, but it's God's burden. God cares about the people of the world more than we can think or dream or imagine. And when we pray, we might, just for a few moments, begin to hear how God's heart beats for the world. When we pray, it's not so much about us saying, God, we're, we're getting ready to go. No, it's like God beginning to speak into our lives his care for every place that we can go to. And all the people that we can encounter. When we pray, we open ourselves up to hearing God in unique ways. Pray. It's God's work. Remember that. Don't, don't lose sight of that. Don't take extra stuff. Be a recipient of hospitality along the way. God's going to equip and provide everything you need. Um, sometimes I love to be around Pastor Jim. I'm going to just pick on Pastor Jim just for a little bit today. Pastor Jim has got stuff all around him. If you ever want to go for a ride in his car, he's going to have to clean off a seat. He's going to have to make space for you. If you want to have a conversation in his office, he's going to have to remove some papers or books from a chair because everything is just stacked up. And you can't even have a seat on the floor because there's papers there too. He's got stuff everywhere. I don't know. It just makes me think of you, Jim. It's just this text. A lot going on. Jesus says, sometimes we think we've got to take all kinds of stuff with us, but you don't. You don't need to take all kinds of stuff. You can just take all your stuff and put it in the trunk. That's what Pastor Jim does too, lots of times. He just picks it up and puts it in the trunk. It's not really, there's space for all of you. You just need to have space for people in your life. And ultimately, ultimately, you have to be, become a, a really good recipient of hospitality. Um, I love what you said about the upcoming event, about every time, every, every person, and, and the book that's available to us. 
Uh, it's a, an event that is really talking about us becoming hospitable, right? But the profound reality is that before we can become truly hospitable people, we have to be recipients of hospitality. For some of us, we stink at being recipients of hospitality because we've become doers in life. We've become achievers. We've become people who will bear just about any responsibility. And yet Jesus says, if you really want to be somebody who can go for me and speak for me and interact for me, you have to learn somewhere in your spirit how to be a recipient of God's grace and hospitality and all the beautiful things that can come around you. Because ultimately what you're going to be asked to speak about is the kingdom of God the kingdom of heaven. And the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven are marked by things like truth and goodness and beauty. And you have to be a recipient of those things. They have to shape you and they have to to overwhelm your life so that when you encounter somebody else, you can be somebody who points it out. You can find the beauty in places where other people never see beauty. You can find the truth even in stories that may not be fully factual, but you can still find truth and you can say, you know what, you have a heart that's seeking truth. And you can see the goodness of people in all places, in all kinds of belief veins. You can see the goodness that exists because God's mercy and God's grace extends to all people. So you have to be somebody that's not interested in taking extra stuff because extra stuff just gets in the way, right? when you're thinking about goodness, beauty, and truth. So he says, be a person then who brings peace to a home. Bring peace to a home. Bring peace to a city. Bring peace to other people. Find people who are interested in peace because wherever you find somebody who's interested in peace, you can, if that's where your heart is at, you found somebody who can be a partner with you. You found somebody who's ready to hear about who Jesus is. Jesus also goes on, I mean, this list is really long about how to go, right? Can you go to the next part, Kathy? And my eyes are just too bad I can't read. There we go. Thanks. Jesus says, don't move around much. Bloom where you're planted. When you find a place that you feel like God has sent you, just bloom where you're planted and invest yourself. Pour yourself into the lives of other people. Heal the sick. Jesus doesn't have a manual for that with his disciples. But one of the things that we hear from the Jesus' brother James is that, how are we going to heal the sick? Well, actually, brothers and sisters, none of us are going to heal sick people. I love, uh, I'm a MASH fan. I don't know if the rest, some of you in here, you may have seen MASH. Some of you have been, you run into MASH along the way, but I'm a MASH fan. There's one time when Father Mulcahy and Hawkeye Pierce are having a conversation. And Father Mulcahy, he's just wondering if he does any good at this hospital. And Hawkeye Pierce just says to him, you know, he said, Father, in medical school, they told us this. They said, we can do the cutting and we can do the sewing and we can prescribe the medicines. But the healing's got to come from some other place. And so what does James tell us? He says, we have the gift in the ministry of prayer. Where does the healing come from? Ultimately, the healing that comes into the midst of our world, the healing comes from the work, the active presence of God, working in all kinds of ways through medicine, through the laying out of hands, through the anointing with oil. 
Healing comes from all kinds of ways. So he says, bring healing. Bring the kingdom of God. Proclaim the kingdom. It's near. Don't be afraid to move on. If when you go to a place, um, they're not really interested, that's a unique thing, right? Jesus sends people, and he says to go in a certain way, but then if you find a place where people just aren't interested, don't be offended. Don't be afraid to pick up and move on. We live in a world that's got all kinds of offense. Jesus says, we don't need to be offended at everything. Just take the kingdom and march on to the next place. Remember, it's not about you. It's about the Father. It's about the Father's heart for the world and about people. Here's some hows, some ways that you can go. But remember in your going that ultimately it's not about you. It's about people encountering the Father and the Son and the Spirit. Well, Jesus looks at the 72, and we don't know exactly where he sends them to, but he sends them out into the region of Galilee. And it leaves us with a question, I think. It leaves us with a question. Where is it that God has sent you? Where is it that God has sent me? Where are the places that God wants us to go now in our day? With this sense of how, with the message of the kingdom, where is it that God wants us to go and say, it is a great day to be alive? Where are those places? How should we lift up the kingdom of of Jesus? Some of us, we may think about that question may put all kinds of different places into your mind or in, in your spirit. Sometimes I think we look way beyond what's right in front of us. A year ago, Chris Pratt received uh, an award from MTV, right? The, the Legacy, Life Legacy Award, which I think he made a little bit of fun at when he said, because he's like, I'm pretty young. I don't know that I deserve a Legacy Award, but thanks. And then, and then he went on to share nine points of how he's lived his life, things that he, he's found significant in his life. And he used that platform to do some things about just sharing the message of the kingdom of heaven that has shaped his life. One of the things he said, he said, uh, he said, take a moment and breathe. He said, point number, uh, another thing he said was, he said, you have a soul and you're charged with taking care of it. Another thing he said, I mean, while he's just giving thanks for this award, he said, he said, take time to learn to pray. Learn to pray, it matters. Take care of your soul. And then one of the last things he said was, um, he says, nobody's perfect, and grace is a gift. And it's a gift brought to us from somebody who died for us. So Chris Pratt took this moment in an award show to just lift up the kingdom that he's been a part of and just, just put it out there. Many of us, we're not going to be at an award show. But there are moments, there's places, there's sometimes slivers and sometimes it's just a few minutes where we have an opportunity to give voice to the kingdom of heaven that's been at work in our life. And there are moments where we just need to step into those places. We just need to say, you know what? Christ is at work in me. And there's a hope, there's a faith, there's a comfort, there's a peace that's at work in me that can be at work in you as well. 
Now, I've been picking on Pastor Jim a lot, but Pastor Jim has this degree of sentness, this clarity of sentness in terms of where he's sent to. And it's not necessarily, I mean, it is on the one hand, it's Schweitzer. But then the other two places that Pastor Jim is sent to is to Panera and what he calls high school ministry, which is like, he goes and he watches his son and all the teams, and especially Glendale. That's the big heart, the big passion. But he's even telling me about being at the state basketball tournament yesterday to watch some other. He's got two places he's sent to where he just goes and he blesses people and he just embraces people with his own love, but then the love of the kingdom of heaven. Where is a place that you're sent to? told somebody this past week that we were just talking about, and they got, talk, they got me to thinking about my grandparents. And my one set of grandparents in particular just gave me two real points of clarity when I was an 18-year-old. One day I was helping my grandpa in a calf pen, and I was getting all flustered and frustrated, and my, my temper was getting uh, kind of flared up. And my grandpa just quietly said, you got a temper like your other grandpa, don't you? I said, that just sort of set me back like, whoa. And I had to do some self-reflection on that reality. And then one day after lunch, my grandmother just said, there's just something I've been wanting to say to you. She went and she got her Bible and she opened it up and she went to the last chapter of Ecclesiastes and she just read it, just a couple verses. She said, what's the, what's the, significance of life what's the chief end of humanity but is to love God and to obey his commandments she said you can do all kinds of other things in your in your life you're 18 you've got the whole world in front of you but what's the chief and what are you really going to do in life and those two words are just words I've they were like the light of and the truth of the kingdom of heaven were coming to me. They didn't take long to say, but they were there, right there in that moment. So Jesus sends the 72 and he sends us. He's sending you somewhere. And so Luke says, they go. And then they come back. And when they come back, the 72, Luke says, returned with joy. And they reported to him, Lord, even the demons obey us when we use your name. Yes, Jesus said, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Look, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy, and you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you, but don't rejoice because evil spirits obey you. Rejoice because your names are registered in heaven. At that time, Jesus was filled with the joy of the Holy Spirit, and he said, O oh, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, thank you for hiding these things from those who think themselves wise and clever and for revealing them to the childlike. Yes, Father, it pleased you to do it this way. My Father has entrusted everything to me, and no one really knows the Son except the Father, and no one really knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Then he said to those, Blessed are you for, your, for what your eyes have seen. For I tell you that the prophets and kings of old longed to see what you see, but they didn't. They longed to hear what you hear, but you didn't. You live in awesome days. And it 
is a great day to be alive. Friends, Jesus was just filled with joy because the kingdom of heaven that was, he was sharing with others begins to ripple out across the world and across the globe. And the kingdom of heaven begins to transform hearts and communities and people. And many of us in this room, we've been transformed because the power of Christ has been found in us. And we're carriers of God's glory. And we need to be challenged, some of us, we need to be challenged to be people who go. And some of us are living lives where we've went. We're living lives in the midst of that going right now. And we need to hear Jesus say, I see you. I see what you're doing. I see how far you are from family. I see how far you are from places where you'd really like to be. I see you and bless you for going. And some of us need to be challenged to be people who go. Because we've never really went. We've walked with Christ, but we've never really put our foot out we never really put our voice out. And at the same time, Jesus says, as you go, as you follow after me, the big joy that fills my heart is that your names are written in heaven. And some of us, we hang around Jesus, but we've never said yes to Jesus. Some of us need to take the first step. We've been following him from a distance, and we just need to say yes to him. So if Jesus is speaking to you today, maybe about how you ought to go or where you ought to go, or maybe just about saying yes to him, I'd love to invite you to talk to Pastor Jim or myself or Pastor Jake or somebody else who's been up here leading worship today, because we'd love to talk to you about how you could say yes to Jesus for the first time. Well, friends, I don't know how you take in all of life right now. I don't know how you see everything that's happening. But my prayer and my hope for you is that the kingdom of heaven is so alive and so present in your world. It doesn't really matter where you walk or what you see. You just walk with a sense that it is a great day to be alive, and God is good, and it is my joy. It is my joy to walk with God. Jesus, thanks for this day, for this moment. Thank you that you love us, care about us. Thank you that your witness draws us close to you, and that you have work for us to do. So hear us. And we say, we're here and our hearts are open to you. And send us to whom you want to send us to. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.